spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. And welcome to the 169th annual Subliminal Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad, I have to say. And this is kind of fresh off the presses here because it is the cut down day for most of the NFL teams, correct? Yes. You know, my beloved Vikings, the team that always rips your heart out and takes a dump on it. Um, they made a move that doesn't really make sense to me. And you're very familiar with this, with this gentleman. Today, they cut a gentleman by the name of Amir Smith Marset. And I cannot understand why, because he seemed to be developing into a pretty good player. Yeah, he was a awesome college player. The Vikings pretty much, I think they pretty much got a steal when they picked him up. Fifth round. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he I mean, he played for Iowa and he was, you know, the skills guy. If you're if you play for Iowa and you're like a decent, you know, lineman, you're going to, you know, go pretty decently in the draft, you know, maybe round one or round two. A lot of our skills guys don't really get a lot of play. He's one of our only wide receivers in the past 10 years from Iowa who actually really killed it like the reason we threw it to a wide receiver in the past 10 years was because he was on our team so normally we only throw it to fucking tight ends i know i hadn't heard that and i hope somebody picks him up he's yeah he's pretty good i here's the thing didn't you mention he has like attitude problems well i mean he was the fucking the you know he was the big dog at the time <laughs> the thing like going going from like being the big dog in college to the rookie on an NFL team is or should be a really humbling experience maybe unless you're you know a first round fucking quarterback who starts immediately you know if you're one of these guys you you might not get humbled until the, you know until maybe the first time you get the shit sacked out of you but uh, honestly though wide receivers cornerbacks are the two most like arrogant positions on the football field. Oh yeah, you've got to have loads of confidence in yourself just to just to get back on the line. You know, run out there and try to catch a ball. You got to think that your dick is the biggest on the field. <laughs> your shit does not stink. You need to be the man to play those positions. So Who, yeah, who's Iowa play this weekend? Iowa plays. Ooh shit! I know they play week two. Obviously, they play Iowa State. Their non-conference games are South Dakota State which I believe they play first, and then Nevada, which is third. Okay. So, All right. You, they got Michigan coming up week five. So Obviously, you're a college football stan, so are you getting yep. you getting pumped up? Yeah, uh, definitely getting pumped up. Uh, there was a lot to watch over the summer with realignment, so now it's just nice to focus on you know the games and the, the plays, and Iowa's a decent team. Sometimes they have great seasons where they're 10 wins. Sometimes they have eh, seasons where they're seven wins, but they always have a chance in the West. So right. we'll see how they do this year. Yeah, I'll be, uh, you know me, I just 
I'll either watch Iowa or or Minnesota, but Minnesota, I don't think, is on the they, same standing as Iowa. Oh, they're actually nice in season, and they might steal the West this year. So Nebraska was everyone's dark horse pick to win the, the Big Ten West uh, this season. Problem is they got fucking hammered. Uh, well, they almost won, but... Uh, Northwestern came, you know, came back and now their coach might get let go in October. So Ooh. Nebraska might be out of it. So, okay. Well, yep. uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably, I'm sorry, everybody. You'll probably be hearing about some football yes. talk throughout the next six months. It's just, uh, my favorite sport. I think it's Phil's favorite sport too. Uh, Phil quickly here. What, uh, you've been watching anything good? Oh, I've been, uh, ooh, well, obviously Game of Thrones. You haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, which you need to watch, obviously. Um, I picked up HBO Max, and I've been watching a lot of their DC stuff. Uh, the show Peacemaker with John Cena, I caught up on that. And it was both terrible and amazing at the same time. <laughs> so I'm not sure how they pulled that off, but it was pretty good. I also watched on Hulu the biopic on Mike Tyson titled Mike, which was uh, shot a little weird. They're kind of doing some weird stuff with like going back and forth in time to tell the story, but really good actor. They got to play him. He even has like the signature lisp down perfectly. Yeah, I might have to check that out. It, uh, you know, Mike Tyson, obviously fascinating individual and fascinating career. So it's kind of weird when the, they decide to do that, like hopping through time thing. But maybe I guess as long as you can kind of pay it like it does it. To a point where you can actually like stay focused on the story. You know when they jump time too much and you just you like can't follow it. They're they are straddling that line where it's almost getting to be too much. Where it it does kind of take you out of it at some points when they're telling an interesting story uh, when he's in his dynamite kid days, and then all of a sudden they go back and tell like this that happened because of this while he was eight years old. You know, like, huh. like that sort of thing. So it kind of jumps back and forth. It does tell a good story, but it does take you out of it when you're in an interesting. It's kind of like how the old Game of Thrones was, where you would be watching a scene that you really were interested in. You were invested in maybe something that was happening in, you know, uh, in the north. And then all of a sudden they go out and look up, see what Cersei's up to in the Red Keep. So that kind of like how that took you out of it. This takes you out of it a little bit, too. But it's still good. There are well, two episodes in, so you can still catch up on it. Okay, yeah. Recommended by Phil. Uh, House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones thing, which I will... I'm going to try to get into it this weekend. And uh, and the Mike Tyson biopic recommended there. Uh, you know, speaking of things that you're not going to get confused by, and we're going to stay on track like we always do. Uh, Phil, you want to take the reins of the episode? Yeah, said it. Imagine that. You wake up frozen to your bed, not able to speak or even move a single muscle, not even one of your little toes, when suddenly a presence joins you, a feeling that someone or something has intruded into your bedroom, looming over you, maybe even attacking you in your paralyzed state, while you remain frozen in fear. For some, this is an unimaginable experience and will never know the terror. However, for many of us around the world and throughout history, these living nightmares have plagued restful sleep and led many to believe that demons and monsters from ancient folklore and religion are very much real. Right. Very scary. We have, uh, 
obviously talked about your sleep paralysis demon. Now, yep. here's my question. Would you be as scared if the being that's coming in your room is, in fact, Larry King? I would be scared for different reasons. Uh, knowing that Larry King is dead and, you know, <laughs> that would scare me a lot. But knowing that he's got a good demeanor about him might scare me a little less. I might think that, you know, maybe he's trying to interview me for some unknown reason. The thing that's crazy about Larry King is he maintained looking like an 80-year-old for at least 30, 40 years. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what kind of preservatives they used, but he pretty much <laughs> did look the same for that entire span of time that he was on TV. So kudos to him. He looked uh, he looked like a very prestigious owl. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> I actually yeah. saw a, it was a little clip on YouTube. He was interviewing Corey Taylor, lead singer of Slipknot, and he was like trying to ask him why... People like heavy metal, and it was, it was a very, like, old person thing to ask someone <laughs> like him. You can imagine him asking Elvis Presley the same thing about the young girls who like to watch him dance. <laughs> like, what is it about your gyrating hips that just kind of turns me on, Elvis? <laughs> It'd be funny if they had that same interview, and Larry King looked the exact same as when he was interviewing someone back in the 60s about their music as you know of course that'd be kind of funny honestly you probably did <laughs> i imagine probably on the radio they had those big fucking microphones right in front of their faces <laughs> since the first humans were capable of expressing their own creativity both visually and audibly dreams both pleasant and terrifying have molded the stories in which their chosen media have been used to tell taking us out of this world and into one of magic and fantasy, shaping the gods of those culture. However, not all dreams occur while we are asleep, with some coming while we are in a terrified state, unable to move with the feeling that an unwanted visitor is watching over the dreamer while they sleep. And that is our episode today, as I am, of course, talking about sleep paralysis. Very scary. How many times have you experienced it? I have... For sure, once. I've told this story a few times, and possibly a few other times, but without the hallucinations. Okay, have you watched the, I think it's supposed to be a documentary, called The Nightmare? Um, yes, I actually kind of read a little bit about it. In some languages, it's just called Mara. Okay. Um, I've never watched it. It's it always perplexed me because people like put it under a horror horror movie section, but I think it's supposed to be actually like interviewing people who suffer from this. Oh, okay. What I saw was actually like a movie and it was called Mara. Uh, basically, it was, you know, a woman like shockedly waking up. I've so, seen that. I have seen that in, movie. My understanding, I haven't watched it, is it's like people talking about their experiences with sleep paralysis, but... It's almost, I think they kind of do like um, reenactments of what they're describing. Okay, gotcha. No, that is different from what I have seen. I So I, I've, I've kind of seen, well, obviously doing this, I've seen a few clips of it. I believe I have seen the movie Mara in the past, though. You know, I'm not a huge horror no. person, though. So I don't really, when a horror movie is on, I kind of start doing other things. I don't really, <laughs> not really, I don't really get into it. I remember Mara was on Netflix. Yes, I believe that's kind of, I must be where I've seen it, because I wouldn't rent a movie like that. It's, uh, I remember it's like the woman's half her head's in a bathtub or something. I could still kind of remember the cover of it. 
Yes. Yep. That's exactly. She's um, kind of like shocked, but she, yeah, she's in a bathtub, not, not in a bed. Yeah. Now I am referring to sleep paralysis, which we have talked about quite a bit on previous episodes, but it's never really been the main topic. It is mentioned in a lot of episodes as maybe an explanation for other paranormal events that we are talking about. This affliction has been seen throughout history as some sort of curse or possibly even omen. Later on, with the advent of science, though, the affliction would be diagnosed by doctors rather than mystics and seen more as a physical problem rather than a spiritual one. Though real understanding of sleep paralysis would not come until brain activity and its relation to the body was actually understood better. And that came pretty much in the 20th century. Like you said, we've talked about sleep paralysis, right? And we know kind of what it is, but I think this is good as I mean, especially for me, because I know what it is. I kind of know how it happens, but I don't like truly understand it. You know what I mean? Like scientifically understand it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to explain it the best that I can. A lot of the studies and a lot of the things that I, a lot of like fucking master's level, doctorate level lingo that I didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> so I'm kind of <laughs> like dumbing it down for myself and then kind of just splattering it out there. So uh, one thing that I did kind of take from my research that I'm going to be talking about before we, we kick it off is how hard it is to actually get a good picture of what's happening during sleep paralysis because it's so random. And kind of they don't really understand how to kick it off themselves. It's really hard to pick that up on like a brain scan, an EKG, um, MRI, any kind of thing that you would use to like try to figure out what this affliction is. It's really hard to take a picture of that. You can't just have someone under an MRI and allow them to go through multiple cycles of sleep and then just kind of like figure out if they wake up, maybe they had sleep paralysis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very yeah. expensive. I would assume one day they're going to figure out if we just fidget with this little coordinate of the brain, we can trigger the sleep paralysis or whatever. Yes. And they actually, I will get into it in a little bit. They do think that they figured out the chemical that caused oh, it. Oh, okay. Yes. You know, one of the very interesting things I found out, obviously they use anesthesia at work, right? And yep. one of the most pro popular one. The drugs, the drug that killed Michael Jackson is called propothal, right? And yes. I heard them kind of explaining how it works. And it's basically, it ta attacks, I shouldn't say attack, but it goes directly to the one part of the brain that will just put you to sleep instantly. Like they figured out how to get it right to that section and you're just fucking gone. You know what I mean? Yep. The Cosby syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not just a sleep paralysis demon. He is a real life demon. Any bad thing you want to say about Bill Cosby will probably stick just fine. Yeah, so. he, he's uh, he's what we might refer to as a uh, uh, piece of shit, I think. Yeah, total piece of shit. So <laughs> go, back, go back into the 90s and try to say that. <laughs> they would chase you out of the fucking country. <laughs> now to start off today's topic, we are going to begin by explaining what sleep paralysis actually is. What kicks off the experiences? Also, what those odd hallucinations might be that are seen in the terrifying moments during the syndrome. Yeah, this is kind of, this is what I'm really curious about. So even though you said it's, you know, master levels course, I'm sure you're going to explain it just fine. Yeah, the best that I can. So here's the, uh, the dumbed down version. Now to put this as simply as possible, during sleep, 
the human brain goes through multiple cycles throughout the session. We all know this. It's the REM stages, these different stages. Now, the brain triggers the body to pump different chemicals throughout its system, both allowing us to dream during sleep. There's also chemicals that paralyze the body so that we don't actually act out our dreams like while we're asleep and hurt those around us or ourselves. Also, there are some chemicals that help with like retaining memory. So it's kind of this huge cocktail of chemicals that's going around our brain, uh, making this all possible. And without the chemicals that produce the like the memory saving, for instance, basically your short term memory would never turn to long term. So think 51st dates. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, that would suck, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, is, God, yeah. uh, 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 I've never watched the full movie, but Memento, also about lacking long-term memory, right? Yes, yep. Great movie. Actually, that one does a weird thing with time, too. It plays backwards. I need to just, like, watch it one day. I've heard it's quite good, but I've never fully watched it. But yeah, this is kind of what I was talking about with the with the propothal. It, your brain, obviously, releases a lot of chemicals, and... Yep. Or creates them, and that's just another one of them. Yeah, it's it's interesting because if, like you said, some of these like paralyze you, but there is people. Obviously, you have sleepwalkers. You have people who will like do shit with their hands and legs when they're sleeping. You know what I mean? So it's almost like does that part not work for them? Yes. So those are also syndromes that kind of all correlate. And actually, narcolepsy is one of the big factors in deciding like whether you're going to have sleep paralysis. If you suffer from narcolepsy, I believe one of the studies said that it was 80% likely that you're going to also suffer from sleep paralysis because of the chemical imbalance and the misfiring of the chemicals in your brain. Well, Phil, that brings up a good question. Obviously, uh, people out there might not know, but you you tend to uh, fall asleep on a dime pretty quick sometimes. Oh, no, I am... It's a curse and a fucking, you know, (laughs) it's awesome because a lot of people always say like, oh, I have such hard time falling asleep. It takes me like two hours to fall asleep. And I tell them like, literally, I could like the moment I close my eyes, I'm like, it's awesome. Also, it's bad, though, because sometimes I'm working and like I'm fully my brain is fully engaged what I'm working on. I'm clicking on the keys, you know, everything like that. Or like my old job, I would be like working on the parts and then all of a sudden I'd get a little drowsy and like my head would bob and I'd have to like get up and move around a bit. Um, <laughs> I usually tell people like my legs are going to sleep. Like, oh, my legs going to sleep. I got to move around. Like, no, like I could have fallen asleep right there. Sometimes standing up too. It's honestly, I should probably get it like that. But <laughs> I mean, maybe you have like uh maybe not severe narcolepsy, but like a mild, I don't know if there is a mild version of it. Oh yeah, it's super. If it is narcolepsy, it's super mild. But I have, I have been known to like sitting on the couch or in a chair. I will just you'll you'll be talking to me, and like the moment I stop talking and you'll you're you'll start talking, I'll fall asleep. Yeah, like it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty I've, bad sometimes. <laughs> I've experienced that with you even uh, when we were little kids. Yeah, it's it's been forever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Published in the July 18 issue of the Journal of Neuroscience. Toronto neuroscientists experimenting with mice figured out actually what chemical blocks the body's ability to move while we sleep. Being able to block this chemical release in rats that they were studying, not allowing the mice to achieve paralysis during sleep at all. These chemicals are 
sorry for my pronunciation, Metabatropic, G-A-B-A, little b, and another called Ionotropic, G-A-B-A, little a, slash glycine. The study meant to figure out the disorders of narcolepsy and REM behavior disorder, which is actually acting out your dreams, you know, talking, thrashing, and walking around due to the sufferer being unable to admit the chemicals for healthy sleep paralysis. So these two chemicals here are basically the ones that paralyze, or that paralyze you during your sleep. Is that how I'm following you? Yes. Yep. Okay. They figured out that by turning these off, they actually stopped the ability of these rats to have sleep paralysis. So while they were trying to figure out more about these disorders of narcolepsy, and they call it REM behavior disorder, but it's obviously, it's like sleepwalking, you know, yeah. sleep talking, sleep thrashing. The mild versions are people talking in their sleep. The The worst ones are people who act out their dreams fully. Yeah. And, you know, that's the scary one. So, so basically. Sleep eat and sleep drive even. That's fine. I'll never forget. It was an episode of the show Family Jewels. The um, the guy from Kiss, Gene Simmons. It was like yep. his family, right? Do you remember the episode? His wife was taking an ambient, which is obviously helps you sleep, but if you it will has some weird side effects, right? Yeah. And it was her on the security cam. She got up in the middle of the night and made like fucking all these meatballs, and then she put one <laughs> meatball in like all these individual containers, and she it had like fifty of them in the fridge. So she was like sleepwalking, cooking all this shit, and then just went back to bed. Yeah, there are people. I was I was watching these things on YouTube, um, a little bit about it. But there are people who will just go to their fridge and eat the weirdest things. There'll be people who just go and start eating butter, or mm. just you know they're drinking milk straight out of the carton. And then they're pissed off the next day because someone drank all the milk. So <laughs> you know what's funny? My one of my uh, younger cousins. I I'll never forget this. We were. We had just flown into Seattle. We were on a trip and him and I, we had our own beds, but they're next to each other. And I was watching TV and I thought he had went to sleep. Well, he was like sitting up eating chips, right? But his eyes weren't quite open and it just looked like yeah. nobody was home. And then I found out the next day that he sleepwalks. So he was sitting there kind of half watching TV eating chips <laughs> and yeah. he just kind of went to bed. Is this, I don't want to say their names. Is it, uh, is it, we'll cut this out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never really knew outside of him being like, yeah, he, it, uh, yeah, he, I didn't know that till after that, but then I'm just like, when I thought of him, I'm like, it's like you're looking at somebody, but like nobody's there. You know what I mean? So when I was in basic training, there was a guy who slept walked and I was on guard duty one night and all of a sudden he like walked past me and was like talking and like playing peekaboo with like things that weren't there. And you would like all of a sudden I was talking to him and he would be talking, but he wasn't talking to me. He was talking like at me at a spot on the wall behind me pretty much like there was nothing in his eyes <laughs> like it was not there. It was weird. It's kind of funny, but it's also like kind of scary to deal with. Yeah, it was crazy. We actually had to hide it because he could have gotten kicked out if they would have <laughs> if they would have found out that he slept walk. Ooh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Is is one of those things where it's like, don't tell, you know, don't talk about it. You're that, right. That he right. does this. Yeah. <laughs> With sleep paralysis, 
more specifically, the disruption of sleep during the paralysis, the brain's timing of the stopping and starting of the pumping of those chemicals is disrupted, leaving you frozen to your bed, even though you are either partially or completely awake, taking anywhere between a few seconds to maybe a couple of minutes for the brain to rectify this problem. With the sleeper, sometimes hardly even noticing the experience, maybe even falling back to sleep while it's occurring. Though this condition can occur either as the brain is roused awake or while you're just kind of like falling asleep. It can happen either time. Though the scariest and most memorable experiences occur when the paralysis is coupled with waking dreams. In some cases, terrifying hallucinations. So, okay. So they have kind of figured out what is actually happening um, during the sleep paralysis. Yes, during your REM cycle. Okay. Uh, did you see how many... I know I, I always remember this because when I was in school in 2004 and we were learning about sleep, I can vividly remember there was four stages of sleep and then it goes back into stage one REM and then over and over again, right? And not, and later on, uh, someone who's younger than me was in college, and they're like, no, now it's five stages of sleep. Oh, someone probably just wanted a fucking an award <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, so basically, like, the lighter your sleep, the more you dream, the more rapid eye movement occurs. And then I believe the the deeper your sleep is, like, the less dreaming you have. So actually, like, when you're when you're, like, in a deep, deep sleep, you're not dreaming. But you're more likely to wake up during the the rapid eye movement, the lighter sleep, and that's kind of why we remember only. So say we dream, say you get go through six cycles in one night, you're only going to remember that one dream that you had right before you woke up. Because once you go back into the deep sleep mode, you forget all of the dreams that you've had before. I I can't remember exactly. I think you actually go through all the cycles quite a bit when you're yeah. Uh, during, if you were to sleep a whole eight hours, but that does make sense because I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Like usually I don't really remember my dreams throughout the night. Right. But yeah. it, let's say it's seven o'clock and I have to get up at seven 30 and I pass out for the half an hour. I'll have a dream that feels like it was like three hours long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll have that. I'll have basically I'll hit snooze on my alarm, go back to sleep, have a full dream and then wake up 10 minutes later and think it feel like I slept for like three hours. That's pretty great. Too, it's actually. It, it's weird because the it's almost like time doesn't exist in your dreams the way it does in real time. Yeah. So I'm going to get into it a tiny bit oh, okay. uh, in the next paragraph. But actually, the sleep paralysis, while you're having it, the couple of seconds that it might like occur actually might feel like it's taking like minutes rather than seconds even though you're in this state for only maybe like 20 to 30 seconds you could feel like you're being terrorized yeah. for multiple minutes yeah i mean when you're scared time does seem to slow down doesn't it oh yeah definitely and <laughs> unless you're taking like a really important test then it seems like the time fucking just starts speeding very true yeah that's always how i feel about it but getting back to this put extremely simply during these experiences, the brain's neurotransmitters are still pumping the cocktail of dream chemicals, including dimethyltryptamine of, of course, Joe Rogan fame, also known as DMT, a naturally occurring hallucinogen 
and also acetylcholine, which aids in rapid eye movement and the cementing of long-term memories from what really just occurred during the waking day. Kind of the, the drug that I was talking about before that your brain puts out. Now, throughout the brain's receptors, causing the victims to have hallucinations, differing for every person, usually being determined by the cultural and personal experiences of the victim. So, obviously, DMT, as you mentioned, naturally made in the human brain. But when you take the drug version, you're kind of overloading that chemical in your head. I guess that's how almost all drugs are. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how the synthetic DMT differs from the, the natural. I, I wonder if it has something to do with us being asleep, that we kind of um, don't go quite as deeply into the rabbit hole with the DMT that naturally occurs in our brain as we do taking it while we're awake and just kind of going full bore, you well, know, well, being flooded with DMT. So as far as I know, a lot of um, drugs, and I'm assuming DMT is kind of the same way where it's like, they're usually naturally occurring chemicals or it has something to like trigger the overproduction of said chemicals, giving you X, Y, and Z reaction. Like if you take uh, MDMA, right, it yeah. overloads your body with serotonin and then you're really happy because that's the drug that makes you happy. That's a drug like you take antidepressants and stuff. It gets um, that pumping in your body, but also uh, so... Uh, I would assume the synthetic DMT causes an overload of it in your body, thus having intense hallucinations. Yeah, I don't exactly, like I said, I don't exactly know how, but it, I mean, it's one of those things that like, it would be awesome to try at some point, you know, like just you hear such cool stuff about it, but it's, it's almost like one of those things where you almost wish that you, well, I suppose there is, you know, people who actually have lucid dreams people who can control their dream states and remember everything. So that might be actually something to get into, but so you, you know, the DMT would be pretty cool too. So you would try it if you had the opportunity. Oh yeah, definitely. Really? Now that, you know, I mean that all, a lot of that stuff's becoming legal, like, you know, all over the place. So maybe not the, he talks about that. Joe Rogan always talks about like the ayahuasca, that kind of stuff. I don't know if I would ever try that. Cause that sounds like it's a lot more you know uh not as clean as just taking some of the like the dmt stuff that that he's talking about taking or it might be the same thing and i'm just thinking of like different no, you know people talking about it I, th I actually think you're thinking in the opposite direction i think the ayahuasca is the pure one and a lot of the other ones are the synthetic ones oh okay i meant the experience the but yeah whatever it's I not i mean well, i don't know would you try it no, I'm uh, I'm good. I would uh, look. I'm just gonna say this: anybody who has any sort of um, obviously, I have anxiety and all that. I would anybody who has those, I wouldn't recommend it because it seems to make it worse for a lot of people that I've heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I I can get that. Yeah. Like if you have, in my opinion. From my experience, what I heard from people, if you have any sort of mental issues or anything like that, just it can make it a lot worse for you. Okay, I get you. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, 
maybe I have an anxiety, but I just don't know it. But I don't really get very anxious about things, I suppose. Well, maybe you good do. or bad. It kind of sucks, actually. Like, good or bad, I'm not really that excitable, <laughs> I suppose. Don't worry, I'm not either, Phil. <laughs> like, if I won the lottery, I'd be like, oh, wow, great. If the if the fucking, you know, if my car just got, you know, started on fire, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. That's, you know, I'm not very, <laughs> not very, very animated in that way. I wonder if that's just like from how we grew up, you know what I mean? I always wonder that like every, you know, obviously my family's pretty mellow. Obviously my dad's extremely mellow. My sister's oh, yeah. mellow. Oh, a cucumber. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, your parents, your mom's very mellow. Yeah. My mom's cool. Yeah. My dad is not mellow, but he's doing it. <laughs> like I mentioned before, over dramatic. He's just doing it for the, <laughs> for the sympathy. But. <laughs> Now, though the numbers differ from article to article, the most common numbers between them said that about half of the people will suffer from at least one episode of sleep paralysis in their lifetime. Obviously, you know, some more mild, some more extreme, with the sufferers of multiple experiences of sleep paralysis having some pretty common ailments, uh, which kind of go down the line of how you figure out if someone's going to have sleep paralysis. And it's weird that you actually mentioned anxiety and depression because the symptoms do include uh, depression, anxiety, panic disorder, stress. So kind of, you know, some if you have some mental issues, maybe that could actually affect whether you're going to have sleep paralysis or not. Yeah, it's um, like your list here. Let's say uh, from two to probably... God, I don't know. Almost all of them are kind of uh, minus narcolepsy can be kind of wrapped together. You know, if you're depressed, yeah. you have anxiety. Usually is you have trouble, trouble sleeping or all of that shit. Um, you know, so I, I could see how these all go together. Um, I don't I haven't met too many. I actually think you're the only person I've met who's had this as far as I can remember. Yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, so I'll kind of fire off. I'll actually mention someone who we found out was having sleep paralysis often, which uh, it was kind of an interesting story. I won't use the names, but it was a very interesting story. So the rest of them are narcolepsy, lack of sleep, family history of sleep paralysis, prolonged alcohol and tobacco use, poor physical health, mental disorders. Also, if you're like going through like disrupted sleeping patterns, you're having a weird shift at work or jet lag, maybe you're working weird hours. A lot of those seem to be like a chemical imbalance is the big one that yeah. goes along with a lot of them. It's yeah, obviously um, sleep paralysis from your research here is caused from a chemical malfunction. And a lot of those issues are also caused from a chemical malfunction. So, you know, I could see how it kind of all goes together. I mean, oh yeah. Maybe somebody has experienced, like you said, has experienced sleep paralysis, and just it was so mild. Maybe you didn't. You just thought it was like a really vivid dream or something. Yeah. Even like, well, I used to smoke cigarettes. You know, I, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I do vape. But when I used to go out and I would go in my younger days, I would go out, you know, drink all night, smoke like two packs of cigarettes, and I always had the worst dreams when I had too much to drink and too much tobacco. It was really? always, that was the worst. See, I don't think I, well, did I? I don't really remember. It's been so long. I don't, <laughs> obviously, I, will, I was a heavy smoker too. 
not so much on the alcohol, but definitely uh, heavy smoke. So I have a heavy smoker. Yeah, I will say, though, the times <laughs> that I did get blackout, the few times there were, I didn't dream even like the slightest. And you just basically wake up. It's almost like a corpse, like reanimating. That's yeah. how you wake up from being blackout drunk. Not great. Here's kids. my experience. Not, when you're black, good. when you're blacked out, you have a different type of terror than sleep paralysis. And that terror is not knowing what the fuck just happened last night. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's terrible. And then finding out what you did from other people. That's the worst. Yeah. Or other people's pictures. Oh, that's bad. Not good. (laughs) No. I will mention there was someone in our kind of like circle is we were all kind of hanging out at my mom's house and they were saying that they were, you know, kind of like opening up about like a paranormal event that they were having and kind of like how there was like a demon in the corner of the room and it would try to like grab them and do all this stuff. And I would and kind of like the person was talking about this. You know, the story was going that she was not really, you know, kind of like going back and forth between like, you know, hiding under the covers and like, you know, moving back and forth. And I said, well, wait, while you're while this is happening, are you able to move? And she said, no, I'm completely frozen. And I said, oh, it's just sleep paralysis. No idea what I was talking at all. Basically, I said, like, oh, don't worry about it. It's pretty normal. It's a common thing that happens to people. And basically she was like, yeah, I was so upset because, you know, her husband would never, you know, admit to seeing the monsters and or the ghosts or whatever she was seeing. And she would get angry because he wouldn't wake up when the when the, you know, the demons were banging the door and everything. And she was angry, but he never obviously he's asleep and there's nothing there. Right. Right. I wonder if I mean, maybe, you know, from experience, if you come to the realization like okay it's not like i mean in the moment it's probably hard to convince yourself it's not real but if you're like okay this isn't a demon in my room it's clearly i have this disorder that's giving me sleep paralysis do you think in the moment it's happening you can recognize that so the first time it happened to me well the the big event that happened to me where I saw the demon like standing over me and there was a blonde chick in bed next to me, even though none of it was there. <laughs> that was, I've told that story a few times. I won't go into it again, but at that time I knew what sleep paralysis was and I did not know it was happening to me. Every other time I've known that it was, it's happened to me was the more mild times where I was like, okay, I'm suffering. I'm having sleep paralysis in a couple of seconds or minutes or whatever, in a little bit, I'll be able to be fine. I had no hallucinations at that point. So I think that knowing that you're having sleep paralysis might be the thing that kind of helps you through it the, the most. Yeah. Like understanding what's going on. And it's almost like once you do that, the monsters don't come out to play, you know, once you know what's going on. Yeah. Like the, I mean, I, this is one thing that I do think is really interesting is a lot of the sleep paralysis, they always see shape-wise kind of the same thing. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, is there something, I don't know, primally buried in the human mind that, like, that's a predator and that is one of our biggest fears? Do you know what I mean? 
well, I will be going through some of the, okay. you know, what people think about it. But yeah, that is one of the interesting, there's a few different ones, but having like those primal kind of thoughts, actually, we could talk about that like right after I get to this next paragraph. All right, let's do it. But it is interesting, kind of like what affects your, like what makes your sleep paralysis demon? It's in, very interesting. Like that's, the, to me, that's the most interesting part of all of this. Just because I love history and all that right, stuff. Right, so. right. Now, though the experiences differ, common hallucinogenic experiences during sleep paralysis include a multitude of things, including an extremely heightened sense of fear and anxiety strange lights or smells, a strange presence or person inside of the room with you, the feeling of being attacked or possibly crushed, possibly even dragged out of bed, and also the feeling that you are floating, flying, or falling. And this all could include being transferred to a different location. I can say I've had the falling thing a lot, where you like, it usually happens right when I like fall asleep immediately and I'll feel like I'm falling and about to slam into something. And then I wake up really quick. Yeah. I've had that. Um, when I'm trying to fall asleep, I'll have that and it'll jar me awake. Yeah. This shit is annoying as fuck. It is. It kind of freaks me out. Um, that's actually part of the, well, so the imbalance of chemicals and, um, we talked about the chemical that paralyzes you. That's kind of maybe one of the chemicals that create like creates the falling sensation is when it starts to paralyze you. It kind of feels like you're you're heavier or you're being crushed. And that might be the falling sensation. Oh, I definitely could. And like you said, in the lightest sleep stages, you're dreaming the most. Right. So, yes, if you just like every time it's happened to me, it's like immediately after I fall asleep, I could be asleep like maybe three minutes and then it hits and then I wake up. And then obviously go back to bed after that. But in that moment, you're kind of like, you feel like you fell. You know what I mean? Yeah, it happens to me mostly when I'm in a place where I don't want to fall asleep. That's like when I'm laying on the couch or sitting on the chair, like watching TV. Then all of a sudden I start to fall asleep. I'll get the falling sensation and I'll like jar awake. Like that's usually what happens. Interesting. Now, before we dive into the specifics of different hallucinations that modern sleepers may experience, we're going to look into the sleep paralysis throughout history, starting with an ancient work of fiction that we have actually referenced many times. (laughs) And actually, I mean, we can, (laughs) before we get into this, let's talk about maybe just a few things, like kind of go into what you were talking about with like how we have these ancient fears kind of baked into our reptilian brain. Right. Now, I think what is kind of interesting, you're alluding to maybe this is baked into our mind through oral history. Well, almost. um, So there is oral history, obviously, that kind of carried these stories, but it almost feels like we have a primal fear of um, like snakes and you know scary things monsters you know wolves that kind of stuff that's almost kind of like ingrained in our brain you know what i mean it's yeah remember the like uh uh the fear of holes it's like one of the most popular one you know like when you see a whole bunch of little holes oh yeah or the the fear of heights yeah or like um uh water like you can't see in i guess you know what i mean like like to me those if evolution did happen, like those would have to be hardwired in your head from when humans were more 
in the animal state of like always on the lookout for predators and all of that shit. Yeah. There are animals like prey animals that are kind of like hardwired to be afraid of things. Like you see squirrels, they are afraid of fucking everything. You know, you'll see <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you'll see fucking like caribou out on the, you know, Serengeti, and all of a sudden the leaves will rustle a little bit. And no matter what it is, it might just be a little wind. They will run the fuck away from it because it might be a fucking lion. So they're more afraid of almost like the leaves, almost like the grass rustling than they are of a lion. Well, know? I mean, I mean, one be- one begets another kind of situation. I mean, how many hunters do we grow up around you? You're even downwind or upwind from, or is it a downwind? I one ever one. They even smell you. They'll get scared. Yeah. If you are upwind from the animal you're trying to kill and they are downwind from you and they smell you. Yeah. Especially if you've tied off about, you know, eight or nine old styles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only nine 30 in the morning. They don't like that. Uh, that alcohol breath very much. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. So kind of the story, I'm getting back into this. Um, we're obviously, you know, we talk about the Bible a lot, but even more than the Bible, really, we talk about the Epic of Gilgamesh. Now, the first description of what can be considered a sleep paralysis demon came from the granddaddy of all myth, the ancient Mesopotamian story of the Epic of Gilgamesh on multiple tablets. With its hero, Gilgamesh's father, said to be in the story named Lilu, a spirit that would visit women in their erotic dreams. Though we'll talk more about sex demons later on in the episode. Okay, yes. Um I okay, I, I've never read the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um I know what it is, obviously. There's apparently on that nightmare documentary, there's a few women on there who actually talk about now I maybe you'll go into this later, but where it's like they feel during their sleep paralysis like it's someone that's going to rape them or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I read a bit about um, kind of like that. And I mean, it even has like a syndrome name. Uh, basically, uh, it's we'll get into it later. But um, the the ancient stories about the incubus, it kind of shares yeah. with that. Okay. There was actually a girl that I knew while living in England who suffered from sleep paralysis. Pretty much, she's claimed every single night, and it was always the same horrifying, you know, it was uh, a man raping her, basically, was while she was, you know, frozen in sleep paralysis. Poor girl. That sounds horrible. Yeah, Yeah, horrible. And it's one of those things where she just said, like, it's every time that I go to sleep. So basically, like, she just never wants to sleep, and it'd be, yeah, it'd be fucking terrible. That's horrible. Hopefully, uh, they'll find a, something to help her. Yeah, it might, I mean, I have no idea. I don't want to speculate on what it might be. They basically say, you know, chemical problems in the brain, um, prior sexual assault, yeah. that sort of thing. Trauma. So, uh, yeah. hopefully, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully she, I kind of lost touch with her after I got out of England, so... But, you know, hopefully she's getting the the help she needs. Hopefully. Until the middle of the 19th century, a nightmare wasn't really just a nickname for a bad dream. However, it was reserved only for the instances of sleep paralysis, with the word nightmare actually being split up into two different words. Night, obviously, being the time that the instance occurs, and mare, taken from the ancient northern Germanic word 
mar or to be crushed, meaning nightmare is to be crushed at night, which sleep paralysis demons from history actually did, uh, which was a, you know, demon would be sitting on your chest and the sufferers would feel that and have the sensation of being crushed and, you know, not being able to move or breathe. With the first of the ancient sleep paralysis demons that we are going to talk about actually being one of the most famous ones before the modern aliens took over that mantle. This is very interesting, Phil, because obviously I didn't know that, that it meant, you know, night to be crushed. What I think is interesting is like the sitting on the chest thing is very common in like haunting stories. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also ghosts, too. But we're going to pick up on that later on. Uh, we're going to go through some other ones. But yeah, definitely ghosts are a big part in many cultures. So one of the most famous ancient sleep paralysis demons coming mainly out of Northern European cultures is that of the old hag. With common tropes from different cultures being that the old haggard woman will sit on your chest in the middle of the night or possibly on your feet at the foot of your bed with the victim being unable to move under the crushing weight of the old woman. It's funny because when you said like the sitting on the chest, this is one of the first things that came to my mind because it's always the like old, old hag. I don't, could it be we're like deeply ingrained to fear people with like wispy hair? Possibly. Okay. Also, the old hag is kind of known to have like really long, dirty fingernails, like very sharp, long, like talons too. You know, someone who's uh, a little bit of a clean freak like myself. Yeah, I don't want nobody with dirty feet or hands touching me <laughs> or infecting your bed. Yeah, yeah not, don't infect That's... my bed either. <laughs> yeah. Don't get Amber... your dirty feet out of my bed, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> don't Amber hurt it and take a shit on my bed either. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, so the old hag, I mean, we talked about the word mar. So a lot of the names either are like mare or mar or mara is one of the one of the really big uh, ones from like German culture. Uh, kind of like, you know, like Nordic countries, like Germany, kind of all of those areas. And actually, well, I was going to mention this too. So the root word actually comes from Proto-Indo-European, which is like this ancient language that a lot of the European, Asian, and African language kind of like rooted out from. So, I mean, that word is super fucking old. The, hmm. the you know, kind of like the root of it. Is that why they named that movie Mara then? Because of because of that? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. The sleep, uh, basically nightmare Mara, the sleep demon Mara. So huh. I believe so. I don't know what they were thinking. They might have been, you know, chasing dragon. I mean, the coincidence. It would be pretty big coincidence if you ask me. Oh yeah, if it wasn't, you know, from that. But right. Kind of going on a little bit in many cultures, especially during the Puritan revival was that of the witch, which was said to be cursing them during their sleep, with actually one explanation for why possibly the Salem and European witch trials had occurred, being that it was actually just people experiencing sleep paralysis. Though anyone who's listened to the recent uh, multi-part episodes from last podcast on the left, they really know that those girls were probably just lying their asses off because they were bored. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just, uh, what do you call it, mass hysteria kind of thing. Honestly, though, reading between the lines all throughout history, when you have, I don't know, when people get scared of things it, and, it, and they don't know what's happening, 
we always want to kind of jump to the supernatural that you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And a big thing too, is like I mentioned before, culture has a big part to do with all of these things. Like, you know, local culture, kind of like shared culture. So if these people are going to church on a very regular basis, Puritan churches are, you know, espousing the thought that Satan is after you. He's sending his demons. He's sending the bitch next door who won't fuck you to come and, you know, steal your man seed or your soul or whatnot. Then definitely. Yeah. Or trying to get you to join some kind of cult or, <laughs> you know, evil deeds. All that's I mean, think it's about, all about culture. Think about it, though. How many different cultures, if someone was clearly suffering from erectile dysfunction, it couldn't just be, you know, whatever causes that. It had to be some sort of a witch or some sort of a demon hexing my dick that is not working anymore. Oh, yeah. They had to come up with something when all of the, the, the local chicks were starting to talk about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, Catherine, it wasn't that I my dick did. It's that she made my network because she's a witch. We better burn her. Just, just burn her. Just, just hang her. Something. Get her out of here. Here's the thing. I mean, Phil, this should, you know, if either you or I ever get to this point or if any of our listeners get to the point and you're with a new partner and you have ED, you know what you do? Just stand up, stomp around the room, say, fucking witches hexing me again. <laughs> Demons be gone. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't laugh, Definitely. then maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, not meant to be. Yeah. Also, if it occurs often, maybe just talk to a doctor about it. Yeah. They, they, hear, they hear it all the time. So it's, it's I think fine. you can literally go to one of the websites. You don't even have to go to a doctor appointment and they can get you the medication to, you know, make sure that isn't an issue. Yeah. Dr. Feelgood's online now. So it's all good. <laughs> now kind of ended me a little, the witch uh, old hag thing. So the witch hallucination, I was reading it may actually be a direct descent. The witch taken from the hag hallucination, kind of this fear of Satan and the supernatural took hold in different parts of Christian Europe and eventually the Americas, it may have transformed it. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. The hag and the witch can kind of, a lot of comparisons there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's easy just to jump from one to the So. Right. I mean, that's just a theory, but I mean, it seems pretty, pretty likely. So. A lot of shared characteristics. Oh, definitely. Now, beginning with the takeover of Christian culture, any areas that were being dominated by Christianity had really started to see their sleep paralysis demons becoming more and more the image of the demons that were thought to be coming from hell to terrorize humans, with a common theme being that it is the culture of the people that experience sleep paralysis that actually mold the hallucinations that will terrorize them and not exactly any, you know, real sleep paralysis demon or paranormal event. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're... I guess we can't say for certain, but it seems like the what you see in your sleep paralysis is a deeply embedded fear that you have or can be. Oh, yeah. And it's taken from everywhere. I mean, stories from when you were a little kid, popular media, movies, horror movies. You know, I mean, I you've never had sleep paralysis, but with all the horror movies you've watched, it would be amazing to hear what your sleep paralysis demon looks like. You know what it, it probably would be like? in all honesty, would be someone singing a musical, like uh, Hugh Jackman from Les Mis singing and 
dancing in my room. That would be sheer terror for me. A scary little Asian girl singing (laughs) in the corner of your room. (laughs) It'd mix in with all the horror fucking Korean movies you've seen. (laughs) Uh, I mean, something about little schoolgirls are just like that instant scary trope in all of those movies. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yeah. From you're not, you're least expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very coming from that corner. (laughs) Very true. Now kind of firing through some more of these. In Sardinia, there is a belief that identifies the cause of sleep paralysis in a dynamic being being called the Amutadori. This ghoulish creature actually also sits on your chest of the sleeping victim, suffocating them, uh, also ripping at the skin with its long, jagged nails. It is also believed that this demon wears seven red caps on his head. And if you can manage to steal one of the caps, you will eventually be rewarded with the demon's treasure. Seven hats honestly felt pretty fucking impressive. If you oh, can yeah, like, that, stack them. It's almost like a carnival fucking little, you know, game, like a prize. You're trying to steal <laughs> the demon's seven hats. For some reason, he's wearing seven red caps. Honestly, though, maybe we should pitch that to the local carnies. Like, OK, here's what you're going to do. You get this giant man to sit on the kid with seven hats. That guy can scratch the shit out of that little kid. And if he can get one of his hats, he wins a stupid little stuffed animal. Yeah. Well, I mean, the carnies probably wouldn't even have to be paid to do that. I imagine carnies will fucking, you know, slash at some kids every once in a while. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Circus folk. Now, another sleep demon that offers a reward for, you know, capturing something from it comes from Arabian culture. Uh, their common sleep paralysis demon was known as the Jinn. Now, this sleep paralysis demon would offer an incentive for the sleeper to snatch the small hat that the Jinn wears, uh, just like the Anumatadori. If the sleeper can wake up and snatch the hat before the Jinn disappears, he or she will be given a reward by the Jinn. Very interesting. Um, I knew a few uh, Muslims who they were very afraid of the Jinn. Yeah, still a very, I don't know, you know, obviously modern science, everything like that. Uh, A lot of people still believe in, you know, ancient demons and everything and angels. So I can imagine their culture also still believes in their, you know, ancient demon. Well, know how much I've always heard that the djinn was kind of turned into our genie. I don't know how much of that actually, you know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. According to them, uh their definition was more like the jinn would be like, I don't know, what what do you call that on Strange World? Or like, have you seen the movie Us? Yes, I have. So, they were kind of like mirror people? Yeah, like, they're like us, but in a different world. Okay. But I mean, like, but they want to take over you here type of thing. Interesting. In kind of what I was reading, it was just basically... A demon in kind of like the Arabian culture. I mean, that's all that I read about the jinn. I didn't really get into it. That's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, keep in mind, just because they're in the opposite world does not mean they're good. Like they're still evil, I guess. Do you think that the Jeff Bezos in their world, like super, super philanthropic and helps people, holds doors open for people, you know, doesn't drink the blood of the innocent? Do you think <laughs> that he's like a decent person? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, Jin Jeff Bezos probably is like a really good guy. <laughs> Pays his taxes and everything. Yeah, yeah very weird. <laughs> very strange. 
Now, moving on. In Catalonian legend, the Pesenta is an enormous dog, or possibly a cat, that goes into people's houses at night and sits on their chest, which is why I actually think it probably is a cat, making it difficult for them to breathe and causing them to have terrible nightmares. The Pesenta is said to be black and extremely hairy and have metallic paws. Ooh, that, that literally sounds like a fucking Pokemon. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, anybody who owns pets, this has probably happened to you. Uh, the pet yep. is sitting on your chest, hard to breathe because you have weight on your fucking chest. Uh, if you're even a little little allergic, like that can make it harder to breathe uh, even on top of that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Anyone who I've had, a I had a cat for about a year and a half. And anytime it was even like a little bit hungry or wanted to go outside, it would do the, the needing bread thing. Make, on my chest we to, it, to try to wake me up. It's it's called making biscuits, Phil. Oh, making biscuits. Yeah. Okay. That's what we call yeah. it. Making biscuits. Yeah. It's trying to act all cute because it wants something. <laughs> Fucking crazy. I hate those things. In Latvian culture, sleep paralysis, torture, or strangling happens because there's a spirit or ghost. And it's really just thought to be the soul of a murdered individual, either strangled, drowned, or hanged with the person being attacked with the only reprieve coming when the victim of the sleep paralysis demon is able to move the toe on their left foot, which will apparently get rid of the attack. Okay. Very interesting. Um, I feel like this is almost more like an Asian type ghost where it's kind of like a vengeful ghost. You know what I mean? Like they're big on like the restless spirit type of thing attacking you. Yeah, so Latvia, I believe, is one of the Baltic states. Um, but yeah, it definitely does kind of sound. And we will talk about we'll talk about Chinese culture and their sleep paralysis demon was actually a ghost. Yeah, I'm just saying, oh. like, obviously, all the horror movies I've watched and like read, they're it seems like they're very big on like the restless souls that of like the drowned, the strangled, the. They dead in an accident or something. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like the fallen samurai in the forest yeah. kind of souls. Yeah. So, yeah. But so I think it's, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, uh, same thing. Trouble breathing. All this. We're seeing a lot of patterns here. Yeah. The funny thing, too, is they claim that like once you can move your little toe, that's the trick to getting rid of them. The, the funny thing is like what we know about sleep paralysis now once you're able to move any of your like skeletal muscles, that's when the sleep paralysis like hallucinations also end. The moment that you can move, it's all over. So yeah, I mean that that sleep demon will leave faster than Dan Marino did to his secret family, like <laughs> <laughs> multiple secret families, yeah, setting up franchises, yeah, <laughs> allegedly and supposedly. No, it's confirmed he had a secret family. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're just trying not to get sued. Now, there are many other instances of demons and spirits from around the world, with dreamers in Zanzibar claiming that they are attacked by a giant black bat called a papaboa. Also, like I mentioned previously, Chinese culture had claimed that a ghost will haunt your bedside while you are frozen, and it'll just kind of be like at the foot of your bed, just kind of like terrorizing. Just chilling there. God, a giant bat. That sounds kind of terrifying. Yeah, you have a fucking zoo bat. Fucking <laughs> using the dust attack to try to get you. <laughs> That's another Pokemon, yeah. by the way. Uh, everyone knows. 
Now, one very famous instance of sleep paralysis demons that we mentioned right at the beginning of the episode goes throughout societies and has parallels around the world. And that is of, of course, the incubus and the succubus, which are demons that sexually assault their victims while they are sleeping, having sexual intercourse with them while they are paralyzed in bed. Kind of interesting. Um, yeah, obviously, these are very, very famous succubus. Once men incubus want women. It's interesting for the sleep paralysis angle because there's a lot of guys who are like, yeah, this succubus wants to fuck my brains out. Like they're happy about it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So I was reading one article which had three different accounts from it was men who would suffer from kind of like some forms of mental illness. They had some schizophrenia. They were it it always mentioned that they were very unkempt. Um kind of like unable to hold down a job, you know, kind of the common serial killer things, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a, they were a wanderer, unable to hold down a job, unkempt, all of that, except for the organized serial killers, of course. But right. it kind of mentioned that they were also being aroused while in bed. They thought it was coming from like a beautiful woman or a demon pretending to be a beautiful woman. The odd thing is, so the succubus I'll mention first, apparently mounts men in their sleep. Uh, holds them down and is said to be trying to steal their seed and slips away right after the deed is done. Uh, just like with the men with the schizophrenia, it's also said that the, the succubus will leave the men feeling embarrassed and ashamed after the act, which hmm. I read that about like the history of the succubus and about the three men um, in the modern study. They all felt in, embarrassed and ashamed. I mean, I mean, I would guess you kind of would too, Phil. I know I probably would. If you had a, a demon trying to fuck you in the middle of the night? Yeah, I think so. Probably a little scary, maybe, too. Maybe some post-nut clarity. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm don't. i guessing they they didn't have a wet dream on top of it, or did they? Possibly. I mean, it could be just their, their wires are crossed, and they're kind of, you know, their sleep paralysis, they're also having a wet maybe. I don't know. It it could be. It's uh. I assume most everybody has sex dreams, but this is obviously a lot more vivid than just a plain old sex dream. Yeah, I don't know. It's from what they claimed, it wasn't as much like a demon having sex with them as it was kind of almost like just a hand like creeping under the covers and you know just kind of giving them a hand job, pretty much. So I mean, that's pretty, pretty from creepy. their stories. It didn't sound like they were having like active sex with a demon it was just kind of like probably their own hand you know i it could be i mean i i don't know i don't know we've never i've never experienced it i assume you haven't either no yeah it was it so the studies were very you know doctorate level kind of you know talking in their their explanation of things it basically also mentioned for all three cases that they were trying to treat the men with a cocktail of different drugs all three of them had like different combination of drugs that were effective in kind of like taking away their sleep paralysis, you know, intercourse pretty much. So gotcha. they did find a cure for all three of them. Oh, okay. That's good news. Yeah. Kind of, you know, a mix of like antipsychotics and all that. Gotcha. It, okay. it worked for them apparently. So hmm. now we're going to get into slightly less popular version of this demon. And that is the male version, the incubus. Uh, which is thought to infiltrate the beds of young women in the middle of the night, uh, raping these women and causing unwanted and unexplained pregnancy. 
uh, many cultures thought that these resulting children were magical in nature. The most famous example, apparently, that I read about of these men and women who were thought to be magical children was actually Merwin, which legend says was sired by an incubus. So Merlin's mother was an incubus. Father. Oh, father. Sorry, father. Yeah, male uh, is the incubus. Yep. Interesting. I've never heard that before, I guess. If he's the most powerful magician, I, I guess I would explain that. Yeah, I had never actually heard that before either, but it was in a couple of the different articles that said that he was thought to be a child of a sex demon, basically. Huh. And that's where his magical abilities came from. I guess it <laughs> I guess it would make more sense than just he has magic powers. Or he's a really good at faking having magic powers. Yeah, like very most true. Well, I think from this, it's kind of it kind of alludes to men nor women like to be raped or molested. You know, it's obviously probably a very big fear for anyone, I would assume. Yeah. Also, too, um, one of the big things that hit me was how they talked about how it was an explanation for unwanted or unexplained pregnancy. So really, if you kind of think about it, possibly they were just using this to explain like either infidelity or possibly incest or, you know, uh, sexual assault from someone else explaining why they were having this baby. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, okay. You're talking about not necessarily modern times, like ancient older times. Yeah. Ancient times trying to explain away a pregnancy as like something supernatural. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. Yeah. I could totally 100% see that. Yeah, kind of like Mary saying that Jesus was a, a magic angel baby and not just a, you know, tryst with some dude, pretty much. <laughs> now, one less common trait among cultures that share sex sleep demons is that their version of the said demon is actually one in the same, succubus and incubus being one spirit, a sort of freewheeling bisexual that assaults both men and women using the seed from the raped men to impregnate its female victims. Now, because these demons are unable to reproduce themselves, also, there are myths that say that the male and female demons have sex with each other after having sex with their human victims, using stolen eggs and stolen sperm to reproduce. Okay, so this is kind of same ancient belief, but this time it's the whatever demon took the semen from the man and then impregnated a female human, right? Yes. Okay. Basically. So I'm not just, I'm not talking about all of these being like the, the main incubus and main succubus, you know, that we can get from the ancient Mediterranean beliefs. There are a shit ton of cultures out there that have incubus and succubus like demons. I'm just using incubus and succubus as kind of like general terms to okay. explain male and female sex demons. Gotcha. Kind of okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now I the, totally get what you're saying now. Yeah. And for a more in-depth explanation, um, I haven't listened to this episode in quite a while, but some old friends of ours from the show, uh, formerly Creep It Real, it was uh, also called Let's Get Dark. They did a really good episode on Incubi and Succubi. So right. listen to that one. It was really good. Right. If you remember, Phil, I don't know if you were there for some of the recordings. We, when I was on Bumblebutt still, we did <laughs> some of people's alleged stories of having sex with ghosts or 
succubus or demons as well. Were those your Patreon episodes? No, these were, oh, okay. I think they, we called them like sex with ghosts or sex with the supernatural or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I do remember. Well, it's hard to, it's going to be stained in my brain for my life, but the, uh, the Bigfoot sex story yep. was uh, yep. pretty, yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just like in ancient times, uh, our modern versions are really kind of like the modern sleep demons that we have are molded from our present culture and our current personal experiences, really dictating what the sufferer of sleep paralysis will see during an episode with the commonly described sleep paralysis demons seemingly taken from popular media itself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could totally see this. Like, like I said, Hugh Jackman from... Le Miz would be my sleep paralysis demon. Maybe yours is uh, Shakira after she didn't pay her taxes and is now in jail <laughs> for tax fraud. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's Well, I, I have a sleep paralysis demon, so I know what it looks like. But <laughs> I don't know. i trying to think of what I hate. Anything I anything on TV or movies I don't, that I don't like, I don't watch. So... Maybe the peacekeeper, he'll he'll show up in your he'll show up in your <laughs> John <room>. Cena shows up. <laughs> just a music playing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Who knows? Uh, so really to start off, we we're actually gonna talk about the tall black figure. Uh, for many modern sufferers of sleep paralysis, the hallucination that a tall, dark figure watching over them while they sleep may be interpreted as being a demon trying to possess you or possibly a tall alien approaching you for an abduction. These hallucinations have a few different modern explanations, really. Uh, either that, uh, from what I was reading, a person will see something in a dark room, possibly a shadow or a large piece of furniture, and their brain will kind of conjure up this image that really makes it into a horrifying figure of a tall shadow man or a demon with uh, bright eyes imagine if you say have an alarm clock with two little leds on it and your brain will see like a, a gremlin or something with bright eyes i can tell you i wasn't even necessarily sleeping but i have done this to myself so many times where i it's kind of dark and i think i see someone standing there but it might be like a blanket on a chair or like a coat hanging you know what i mean yeah. Could this possibly also be your allergic reaction to codeine? Because I remember you I, saying that that <laughs> fucked you up when you were sometimes you would wake up and like see the TV like coming back and forth at you. Yeah, but that hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, that was when I was like nine years old. Um, oh, OK, <laughs> but I've had this happen probably this year where it was really dark on. I usually don't leave a lot of lights on in my house, like out of the corner of my eye, I might have hung a jacket on my chair and it's pitch black over there, but quickly in the corner of my eye, I think it's someone standing there. Okay. You know, I, you've never had that? I keep my phone across the room. My room is completely pitch black, and I basically like walk around things. I just, like, while I'm still sleeping, I'm basically walking, turning off my alarm, and going back into bed. <laughs> That's your, your alarm clock, then. That's your spirit demon. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's my goddamn demon is all the alarms <laughs> off. I have about nine or ten of them. Phil, I'm talking to, I'm not sleeping at all. This is just, I'm just sitting there watching TV. And, oh, gotcha. And, okay. and it's just like, I see it quick. And this is why I'm conscious. And when it's, I was sleeping and did it just woke up, that probably scared me even worse. Okay, definitely. Yeah, I do. When I'm watching TV, 
there's like a light from a car outside of my window. If I see that little bit, that little bit of movement, like it's almost like my brain will turn that into a fucking ghost. Yeah. Like in yeah. the corner of my eye. Yeah, yep. I get you. Yep. Now, the next one I'm going to talk about, another popular one kind of culturally, um, we're kind of talking about the United States here and, you know, maybe kind of like Western culture, uh, but really around the world, we kind of all share like one like media culture now. So kind of, you know, the Internet's the world pretty much. But another big one right now is ghosts. Uh, really one of the most obvious hallucinations person would think that they have is that they are suffering from a ghostly figure hovering over them or hovering over their partner either being that of an unknown specter possibly even a long lost family member or loved one kind of like inhabiting the room with them yeah it's i mean i wouldn't say that everything is just sleep paralysis right but if 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 it's like that i would say fits in the right tiny little time frame it could be a sleep paralysis episode right and obviously ghosts i mean we talk about ghosts so fucking much on this show we're part of the problem technically right Te yeah pretty much we <laughs> yeah. a little bit we uh, we add a little to the soup yeah, yeah so i think we're more to blame for aliens than ghosts but you know it, it is what it is possibly yeah um kind of one of the things that really always trips me up is how many of these paranormal events happen either uh, while you should be sleeping or while sleep is possible. Like a lot of people will talk about they just woke up or they were just trying to go to sleep or they were on the couch watching TV and this happened and that happened. Also, a lot of people with the alien, you know, and some of the ghostly things too, while they're in the car, a lot of people don't realize that it was totally normal. Like back in the past, if you were driving just to pull over and take a little nap, like while you were you know, on the side of the road. I mean, Technically, I would highly recommend that to anybody who's too tired to drive, but also I don't know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I don't I know. I don't know much how, about serial killers. So. I don't know. Maybe hope there's a hotel or something. I don't know what you're supposed to do or keep your doors locked with a gun on you or pepper spray or something. Go to fucking a gas station, buy yourself some coffee, and then just jam the music and go. <laughs> just gun it. Nope. That's <laughs> trying to make it. That's very bad advice. <laughs> that's what I do. I don't know. Don't take my advice, but no. I'm just saying that's what I do. <laughs> I think if you're a trucker, you drive a lot. I think those people know, like, don't push it because you could kill you somebody. Me? They love speed, dude. Well, hey, popping <laughs> that shit like fucking ticked. I have a feeling our listeners are responsible people, Phil. We do actually have a bunch of people who are truckers who listen to us. Uh, from Instagram, we get a lot of that. So honestly, get a hold of us if you know like some uh, some good remedies. You know, is it just speed, or do you have anything else that you know? <laughs> I think they're not gonna... you particularly, but a person who trucks. I think they're going to recommend uh, the Meatloaf album "Bats Out of Hell." Uh, that will keep you awake. Crazy train, Ozzy. There you definitely. go. There you go. <laughs> now, the explanation for this is pretty obvious with the subconscious of the brain showing the sufferer an image of a past loved one that they would possibly like to see again, or possibly what the brain imagines that, you know, a ghostly haunting would be like. That haunting from, you know, a lot of books and movies and TV shows, really, we've been exposed to our entire life. Yeah, I, I I mean, this kind of goes back to all of these things. Like you said, it's 
If it's something you're scared of, if it's something that is supposed to be scary and it's, you know, it's in your brain, ghosts could be showing up. I don't know why you'd be scared of a relative unless they're really mean or something, but I, I don't know. You owe me money, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if old grandma wants her money back, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Now, I think we all know what's coming next. Uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about, it's definitely, it's aliens. Oh, without a doubt. I would say, yeah. actually don't, I don't I don't know. Why don't you get into this? I'm going to think about kind of my thoughts on the aliens here. Okay. So a relative newcomer to the sleep paralysis demon, uh, you know, problem really surging to the top of the charts in the last century is that of the alien or possibly even alien abduction. Okay, this is kind of what I was thinking. Isn't I? I don't. Is an abduction long enough to be? I mean, an alien abduction when they see it is too long to be sleep paralysis, isn't it? Well, remember how we were talking about time gets distorted while you are suffering from sleep paralysis. You know, maybe if it's happening for a minute, it might feel like it's happening for much longer. Also, whenever you hear about an abduction story, there's always kind of like jumping around. Like all of a sudden I was in my bed, then I was in the spaceship, then I was on the exam table, then I was walking, then I was, you know, floating around doing all this stuff. That so is very kind of jumps around. That is very true. Now, it's really pretty impolite and jackass move to deny an alien experience story as simple sleep paralysis, though reading about and seeing the depictions in popular media. Most instances that people have with you know, close encounters with aliens seem to occur pretty much like while they're in bed, either awoken by a presence or possibly there's a strange light in their room or by actually seeing alien creatures scurrying around their beds. Sleep paralysis has kind of become the chief explanation for the alien encounters explained by so many experiencers. Also, of course, we have to remember that uh, lying is the second most popular. <laughs> yeah, I don't like here's what I would say and I I you know, I could save this for a diatribe at the end, but if you were to ask my opinion, I wouldn't say all paranormal events, all alien events are simply due to sleep paralysis, but if it's like a something haunting in your room and it's a split second right when you wake up, maybe question that. Uh, if you're sitting in your chair in the middle of your living room and a fucking pitcher falls off the wall, I don't know if that, you know, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's a specific zone you can sit in to be like, hey, maybe this could be sleep paralysis. Definitely. Yeah, it's I mean, so like I was saying, if you there are some stories of like mass alien abductions, um, I'm I'm not I'm blanking on her name, but it's one of the most famous ones where a woman was in her home with her family, all of a sudden the lights started to flicker and pretty much the entire family like woke up in their beds, not knowing what happened. Kind of like, it's almost like they were transported to their beds. That's a very like really good story about, you know, an alien abduction that might actually have really happened. Uh, they were pretty much, they all had the same story coming out of hypnosis. Uh, I think like a decade later of them remembering their mother being taken by the aliens and then aliens like kind of like putting them to bed pretty much. Huh. Interesting. Here's the other thing. I think with the aliens, you, you could definitely say, okay, like you said, some people see the demon. Some people see the ghost. 
Some people see the law, the tall shadow hat man. And then some people might see a giant alien or something in their room. Like the creature that is terrifying, you could shape based on any of these terrifying paranormal things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like the, the thing that I saw, I'm not sure if my brain was trying to see like the tall black figure or an alien, like one of those, like the nine foot tall gray aliens or something like that, (laughs) just because I was seeing it out of the corner of my eye and it, it did have a large head. Like most people say that they see the, the tall uh, dark figure with either a hat or a hood on. Or something. I do remember just seeing like a large head. So it could have been an alien. Judging by your feeling of aliens, I would assume aliens are probably more terrifying to you than any of the other things. I don't think that aliens are terrifying. Yeah, but Um, you you always say they have malicious intent. Oh well, they have malicious intent, but so do humans. (laughs) You know, not all humans. You know, you you won't you wouldn't be terrified just seeing a human. You know, I mean, you'd be terrifying. You'd be terrified, like, just seeing a lion, you know, because it might eat you. But I don't think an alien, if you saw one, in, if they were real and you saw one, in, I don't think they would immediately kill you. So, no, they, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. And by the way, plenty of humans are scary. Just going to stand by that. Oh, definitely. But you can't tell just by looking at them. I mean, most <laughs> of the serial killers actually were more successful because they came off as not terrifying. You're going to, you're going to sit there and tell me. You wake up and Steve Buscemi is standing over you saying, hey, Phil, you're not going to be scared. That man is scary Dude, I looking. Would, I would throw my fucking lamp at him <laughs> Jesus, with that face. The yeah. poor guy. But he has made a lot of money off that face. True. So. He's very, he's very successful. Very accomplished actor. He's great. <laughs> Every, he's great in everything he does. Can't, he can do no wrong. No. So basically. We're kind of talking about uh, alien abductions and aliens taking you to other places. Um, kind of in your like sleep paralysis. There's also kind of like ancient stories of sleep paralysis, people being taken for a visit to the underworld in ancient stories, which they kind of think might have to do with like instances of sleep paralysis. Also, though, you got to remember too, like religion and popular culture, myth, you know, fiction is all kind of made up to be entertaining. It doesn't have to like come specifically from like sleep paralysis. All of this, really, I was kind of making fun of people who see ghosts and see aliens. You got to remember, it is possible that they are seeing it, but it's also popular that it's, you know, that the cadre of alien scientists that probe and prod at an alien experiencer, it might just be kind of what the movies told them would happen. So, yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, like you said, they, they kind of know what sleep paralysis is, but kind of, it's still kind of a mystery. Let's be real. The whole fucking brain's a mystery, and it's it can yeah. <laughs> your brain can be your worst enemy. Honestly, I I think there's a lot of people who will say their brain has became their worst enemy sometimes. Yeah, really, we think that a lot of a lot of times. You know, you hear about all the stuff that we're learning about, like our brains, and you know, kind of how we can manipulate them and do all this fun, interesting stuff and study them. Really, we haven't even cracked the surface of like what's possible. So who oh, knows? No. In 200 years, we might be able to put ourselves into like a sleep paralysis to see this if we want to. You know what? You I, know? I hope they figure out, Phil, where you can sleep and you can spend that eight hours like subconsciously downloading knowledge. That is what I hope we can we can get to one day. 
Oh, I think it would be great if you could just kind of like hook hook a prod up or <laughs> hook some kind of like little probes up to your brain. And then you spend your entire like eight hours of sleep imagining that you're on a beach in Hawaii. And oh, that's hell just yeah. you have the same. It's just a long like you just chilling or, you know, you doing something fun or kind of like what's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, total Recall. Total Recall. Have a Total Recall experience. I think that'd be great. So it's like you on a beach. You got Shakira on one side. You got Steve Buscemi on the other side. <laughs> You're living life. <laughs> great callback. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> we brought them all back here. Um, yeah. All right. Well, any last comments before we close out of your film? Nope. Just that, uh, you know, alien abductions aren't real. And uh, what you're seeing is a lie. So have a fun <laughs> week, people. <laughs> All right. Anybody want to uh, give us their experiences with sleep paralysis? If, you, if you've suffered with them at all, you know, honestly, email us and let us know about them. I'm, Phil and I will uh, maybe read some of them at the beginning of the episode. Uh, where can they contact us, Phil? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You know, uh, it's always great to hear from fans. Uh, the emails have been coming in. Uh, another even better way to get a hold of us, though, is on Instagram, which is where most people get a hold of us. Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. We love all of the likes, all of the you know replies, the shares. It's all good. You can get a hold of us both on our individual Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Zabub. Uh, follow me, send me whatever, give me episode ideas, whatever you'd like. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on iTunes, leave a show five star review. Doesn't really matter what you say. Just hit the five star type, whatever the hell you want in there. Um, if you're a Spotify user, it's even easier. You literally just hit the five stars, hit submit. You can't even type anything. It's, and it's anonymous as well. Uh, we thank everybody who's taking the time to do that. Phil, beautiful episode. I think this will really ho hopefully empower some people. Maybe if they're suffering with some with uh, sleep paralysis or different things like that, maybe it will give them a little bit of advice for the future. Excellent job, Phil. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>